we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Steven, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. What's going on all my local guys and gals and long distance pals, we're back. I love it, I love it. I think I'm quitting. I can't handle you saying that anymore. Oh, Nobody gosh. likes a quitter. No. Oh, boy. Anyway, what's been going on? Work. Laying around. Work. Not Work. so much laying around. Yeah, me neither. Basketball started, so. Going to a lot of basketball games with my, my son. Fair enough. We've been at a lot of soccer. Um, it's been fun, but um, that's almost over in a couple of weeks too. And then, man, I tell you, I'm not looking forward to the rest of this uh, fall going through and turning into winter. I, it's just, I'm. If anybody out there uh, wants to know, it's what's the date today? It is October 27th that we're actually recording this, and we have the uh, kerosene heaters going on in the garage today for the last two hours as we're getting this uh, warm enough for us just to even Baby. be out here. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to summer. How about you guys? <laughs> I love fall. Says the northerner. I, and I love spring, but it seems like in Tennessee you only get two weeks of both. each. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. This year especially was like spring, that. Spring, there wasn't. It was two weeks. It went from the trees were, it was the trees hot. were bare to like being full on green in two weeks. It just boom, it was there. Yep. It was crazy. Which well now we're winding down, uh been a full week now. Well two since the the conference. Mm-hmm. You still feeling the the highs from that or looking for another one now? Well, I think we do need to find something to go to. I I've learned so much from that. And uh, it really opened up kind of my view a little bit into a couple of things and just some other things I want to look into that I really had never thought of before. But I think that that was uh, it kind of gets a fire lit underneath you a little bit to to want to learn more and want to share more. And I think that's I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, iron sharpens iron, as we always say. Yeah, until you hit it and it turns into a piece of lead. Well, iron does not sharpen lead <laughs> and, and vice versa. Yeah. And it's hard to be sharp hanging out with a butter knife. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> Gosh, Ben, you're so sensitive. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I'm just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'll just take it out there to the grinder and sharpen it up real good. <laughs> I'll show you a butter knife. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this time around, our subject matter is uh, actually it's a request from uh, somebody in our uh, Facebook uh, community, uh, Sherry. She suggested a while back that we uh, look into uh, where do we go when we die. And this was a very, uh, for me, interesting uh, deep dive or dig, I should say. Got a lot of stuff. This could be easily be two or three episodes, but we're going to try to get it in one for you. Maybe. Nope, Stephen's shaking his head. Nope. Highly, I don't know. highly doubt we it. We were talking earlier. He's got a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I got several pages myself. I wing it like normal. No, I'd say that computer is loaded down. You're no. just being modest. I haven't took this computer in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Uh, I guess we'll start off with prayer. Whose turn is it? I'll do it, I guess. Bends up. Dear Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for this beautiful weather, even though Steve complains about it. Um, please give us the information you need us to relay to the, our listeners. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's why I love it. Short. Yeah, I am. To yeah, the point. Yeah. Do you ever see the, the, you no ever fluffy words. the Muppets Christmas Carol? You ever seen that? That's, I still love that. The Muppets. You never watched Muppets Christmas Carol? No, I don't think, I don't I think so. Oh my gosh. It's so good. But those two, the two guys, the old guys that are in the balcony all the time, Waldorf and Statler making fun of everybody. They said the same thing. Fozzie makes a speech and they're like, it was short. It was to the point. I loved it. <laughs> Just so I don't, good. I don't put a lot of fluff on nothing. There's no need to. Short no. to the point. All right. Well, Justin, kick us off. Well, I guess, uh, you know, one thing I like about us is if you guys are unaware how we do this, this is not a scripted show. At all. <laughs> this is off the cuff. Uh, basically, we all pick a subject matter we all three dig in write notes and we don't even compare them we just sit down and we just shoot from the hip and tell what we discovered and if somebody found something different from what somebody else did we just discuss it and i think that works out really great because Stephen finds stuff that i never thought of and ben he comes out of left field with his cape on to save the day and it's i mean you honestly take something or I do anyway from everybody each time we do this. So, mm -hmm. you know, three, three sets of eyes are definitely better than one. So I'm in left field and I'm a butter knife. I appreciate it. <laughs> they say in therapy, it's not what you say, it's oh, how the person okay. perceives it. So I'm okay. sorry that you That's heard okay. that, Ben. <laughs> That's, <okay. laughs> That's great. Well, I, I think when we get into this a little bit, we got to start, first of all, right from the beginning, right? If you go back to Garden of Eden and you think, you know, man, Adam was made to live forever at the point in the garden, right? But after sin, sin enters the world, we have to pay the price. The and price that's part is of death. It. The price is death. The wages of sin is death, right? So what, is, what does that say? When, 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 it, when we're in the old, or when we're in Genesis, it says that, uh, you know, from dust you were made and from to dust you will return. So that's the first thing when we talk about death. You're talking about your 
your body, earth, yeah. your, your earthly body, right? Not your spiritual being, your earthly body, which is not perfect. It's sinful, right? Your body, we talked about it with the Vicky Joy stuff uh, that we talked about last or up from the conference. Yeah. Or I think it was Vicky Joy or maybe it was Tom Dunn. I can't remember, but we were talking about how your, your, your spirit, if you're a Christian, you cannot be possessed. Your soul cannot be possessed because the Holy already, Spirit's already living yeah, there. Right. But it can take over other parts of your body, right? That those other or parts other are the, those are the evil parts of your body. The other the other uh, I shouldn't say parts of your body. That sounds bad. But the other it can take over those other um, places. The Holy Spirit's not residing. That evil can, can set it. Yeah, attach. it can oppress and attack and those things. That's your earthly body. It's sinful. That there's no way around that. We all we all sin. We all short for or fall short of the glory of God. Right. So in the end. First of all, we all must die. It just has to happen. That's part of what it is. Yeah, no one's living forever. No one's living forever unless your name's to. unless your name's Elijah or Enoch. Which uh, one thing I found uh, doing this study, I didn't notice before when you said the quote about Genesis. You know, uh, that's also in Ecclesiastes. Yes, I have you Ecclesiastes know, says, here. You know, dust returns to earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I just kind of wrote down verses that I stumbled across that just you know that vaguely you know mentioned death or, or talked about it. Uh, let's see, uh, Ezekiel eighteen four, all souls are mine, says the Lord. Uh, Psalms one forty six four, when breath departs. He returns to the earth, and that kind of struck me because when you go back to the you know creation account of Adam, you know Genesis chapter two verse seven says uh, that he was a, a lifeless body until the breath of life entered him from God. So it was like you know God God made Adam; he was a lifeless body, you know, and then it said that God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and he was awakened or came alive and i thought that was pretty cool because i got to look you know looking into it and thinking about it a little bit and i was like god gave all of us the breath of life we're here we're talking we're you know alive so it's like god gave a small piece of himself to each and every one of us and just like a a river that's flowing with water all the water droplets is humanity each person each soul each piece of god right. well all the rivers flow straight back to the ocean from which it came to the source and i think that was a pretty cool correlation it was like you know god's the source he gave us a piece of himself and we're all just trying to to get back to the source. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. That's a that's a good way. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's pretty deep, ain't it? I know it, it, it kind of hits you a little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess the the next step here, as we go along, and I, obviously what the whole show is about is then when we pass away, and this is where I know me and Justin talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, and then me and Ben talked about it a little bit earlier today about when you actually pass away 
you know, what, what happens. happens. And we have some differing opinions on this. And, and that's, that's good. I mean, the thing is we're digging in, we're looking at things and, and the whole point of what we're doing here and the whole point of our Facebook group, the whole point of everything that we put out there, the, the web page, everything is for everybody to dig in and, and let's hear your interpretation. Let's hear what the scriptures say to you. Our whole point is to open up that dialogue, to encourage people to dig in, find those nuggets, as uh, Justin loves to say. Show us your nuggets. But anyway, it's take, a community. So but it's the community. But the whole inter, point is to know, help us grow together. Right. I mean, that's you the whole point. Interact and everybody, you know. But so when we talk about where do we go when we die, and, and the – Something that I think we'll agree on is if we start in the Old Testament and we go and it, it's really strongly used in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, it's used 65 times in the Old Testament Yep, is the word Sheol. And that's clumsily translated a lot well, to hail a generic, Hades. you know, catch all term it's became. It is. Well, Hades, especially when we get to the New Testament, it's more interpreted as Hades. Uh, but the it, you're right. It, that's the part where everybody kind of just assumes. The fiery pit. The, exactly. <laughs> but I think that as we go along and as we read some of these things, there's there's a few diff, things that we need to differentiate. Um but here, I'm going to pull my notes up yeah. here. Which one one catch-all phrase I think that everybody, I think when we mention this subject that it comes to everybody's, you know, forefront of their mind is, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 8. You know, they say, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, and even in Luke, you know, I think it was uh, 23, 46, you know, Jesus at the cross said, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. And he drew his last breath, mm -hmm. but he said, it is finished. See, now that is where me and you, I think, have a little bit of varying theories on what all that means. I know we believe that that's when he, he fulfilled the law. He, he had brought the completion of the law into, but when he passed away, you know, it, he, he had looked to, and we talked about this earlier, Ben, the, the, he looks to his side and, and he has the two prisoners on either side, right, right? Right. The one prisoner's mocking him and the other prisoner says, truly, you are the son of God. And he looks over at that prisoner and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, one interpretation, the interpretation of paradise that we take from that, from the Hebrew is it's often interpreted as Abraham's bosom, right? Abraham's right. bosom was also... Uh, a reference a reference to Sheol, and when we look at different parts of this and different verses of of Sheol, it talks about Sheol as um, not only the place where the fallen angels were sent down. You know, when we talk about Tartarus or or, or um, Gehenna, you know, it was the place where they were locked in chains was Sheol, but also the place where um, after you passed where you went, there was Abraham's bosom. Which paradise was also part of Sheol. There was different parts of Sheol where there was the the righteous and then there was the... The torment. The torment. the big valley in between. Exactly. And from which there was no escape from either, it says. Right. 
Yeah, you can't go to one side to the other. Yes. So I think that's the where we have to lay the foundation. Biblically, yeah. I don't think we can dispute any of that. That's, Did you have any verses uh, or, or scripture that talked about basically the, the Jewish uh, cosmology and how they how they saw the the afterlife for like a better understanding for the the listeners you you go ahead i know i have a couple here i gotta uh one that i found was uh psalms 88 uh starting with verse 3 through 12 it says uh for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to sheol and you know like he was talking about sheol you know literally means you know land of the dead you know just kind of like a blanket you know term it says i am counted among those who go down to the pit i am a man who has no strength like one set loose among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave like those whom you remember no more for they are cut off from your hand you have put me in the depths of the pit in the regions dark and deep which is you know the hebrew word to home uh, you know associated with the abyss the abuso uh your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all of your waves sheila you have caused my companions to shun me you have made me a horror to them i am shut in so i cannot escape my eye grows dim through sorrow every day i call upon you O lord i spread out my hands to you do you work wonders for the dead do the departed rise up to praise you, Shelah? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? So you know, it even mentions Abaddon, which is a another variation of Apollyon mm-hmm. that's mentioned in Revelation when the, the great pit opens up. So like he was saying, you know, the how they saw the afterlife, Sheol was a generic term for the land of the dead. And in the land of the dead was the righteous, was also the wicked. And then like they talked about, you know, Abraham's bosom was supposed to be where the good ones went. And the other one was where the bad ones went. And there was a huge rift, great divide in between. But underneath that, is uh the what they call it in greek you know tartarus is where the uh, uh genesis 6 and rebellious uh fallen angels were kept in chains till the day of judgment but even above they believed in a three-tier heaven kind of just we use this term before piggybacking off a little bit too and, and kind of taking it a little bit further is that whole terminology sheol as well is it's a it's used many different ways throughout that uh, um throughout the bible for, for what it's used i mean it can, it's interpreted sometimes as underworld right yeah it's right. interpreted sometimes as the grave right there's many different ways because the translation when they take it they take it to the context that it's written in so when we read it, it you know it talks about, um, 
you know, Sheol. Well, let's hear it. There's a couple more here. For example, let me give you one here. Like Job 24, 19, the grave consumes sinners just as drought and heat consume snow. And that that word grave is the word Sheol, but they use it interpreted as grave. So anyway, that I guess the important part to come out of this right here is, I know I'm, I'm backing it up a little bit and I apologize for that. But, um, there's a, the there's episode an, would not be complete. If you I know. Back it up I gotta pat. I gotta go back here for one thing that I think is really important to to talk about, and I should have brought it up initially. Um, but, Justin, keep going for a minute. Uh, which uh, I guess just like kind of breaking down the, the the three tiers, I just kind of wrote a little something to like Abraham's bosom, for instance. You know, it's only mentioned in the book of Luke. You know, Luke 16, uh, 19 through 31, you know, this is, you know, in the canon, that's the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus. You know, it talks about, you know, a, which we'll go into more detail about later, but this is just kind of generic, you know, overview. But it talked about a great gulf that exists between the good and the bad. You know, verse 26 describes it as a place of rest, peace, and joy. You know, in other words, it, you know, it was paradise. It was synonymous with paradise. So when you kind hear like them. the garden. Yeah, similar. Yeah. So when you hear them mention paradise, they're they're referring to you know, in my opinion, Abraham's bosom. You know, later in Luke uh, chapter twenty three, verse forty three, you know, Jesus tells the thief on the cross, "Today you will be with me in paradise." First mm-hmm. Enoch twenty two also speaks on this you know separation of souls. But then you know, like I said earlier, the realm of the dead, Sheol, you know, literally means place of the dead. You know, lots of English Bibles translate the word into hell. You know, not the fiery hell that comes to your mind, but, you know, the Bible indicates it's a temporary place where the souls go as they wait for final resurrection or judgment. You know, good go to the paradise in in the presence of God, you know, a part uh, of Sheol called, you know, heaven, paradise, or Abraham's bosom. Uh, But those, you know, are mentioned there but also in second corinthians chapter five and eight but then you have the lake of fire but that's future that's you know after the judgment that's the final destination the final death and that that, and that's exactly what i wanted that was leading up to that verse and i thought we should have talked about maybe in the beginning and i was my bad because i even had it written down read this verse (laughs) but um when you talk about that so we all die we said that already yep right that happens it says and this is Revelation 21, 8, right? And this is exactly what you're talking about. It says, but as for the cowards and unbelievers and detestable persons and murderers and the sexually immoral people and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their share is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So we as Christians, we die our earthly body. We die. We're saved as far as as far as we have salvation our earthly body dies we're gone we leave um you know this dimension this this realm whatever you want to call it it, exactly but we don't die again we're done we don't have that the unbelievers the people who we're trying to reach the people who are not saved when they get to that point they will suffer that second death and that is exactly what you were just saying that ultimate lake of fire and and 
we'll get into it in a little bit. I have a couple things that I want to read out of here that, that um, there's a book that I have brought. My dad actually gave me that was, he, he was very big on this, but the, there's a book by Maurice S. Rawlings that is um, it's called to hell and back uh, life after death, starting startling new evidence. And it's about a, a surgeon, like an ER doctor that would, deal with people when they were going through dying, uh, like, and, um, when they'd code, when they'd code or whatever. And then he ends up bringing them back and what these people saw. And some of the people lived good long lives and, and they could, they tell their stories in this book to him after the, he interviews them after everything that they saw. And he started out as an atheist and his experience of seeing what happened to people on that table changed his life to become a believer. And, it's a pretty amazing book. And he actually, I think there's two of them, but this one, we'll read a couple stories out of it as we, when we get a little further along. But, um, I think it's, you know, when we talk about the good and bad of dying, as far as, as where we go, um, when we're believers versus if we're not the reality, if you read this, it, 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 it's terrifying. Um, also, I mean, obviously in the other side of it, cause I have a couple different save that are the, um, not so good. And I have a couple save that are the good, but, um, I think it's important to see both sides of it, but I think that that is, it just is, I mean, it'll hit you. It'll hit you right in the face. Um, real hard <laughs> convict you just a little bit. Oh yeah. And what's crazy is, you know, even back in the old Testament, you know, all the Israelites, they, they hoped resurrection from Sheol and even the non-believers whether they believe it or not they're going to be resurrected too but to a final judgment and eternal you know damnation and fire uh, you know first Thessalonians chapter 4 uh, verse 16 it says with the sound of the trumpet of God the dead in Christ shall rise first so that there's you know you know, obviously the the righteous resurrection to their uh, our new glorified heavenly body. You know, John chapter five, uh, verse twenty eight through twenty nine. It says, "Those in the tombs will come out; those who are righteous to the resurrection of life; the wicked to judgment." And you know, da- Daniel, and that's Old Testament chapter uh, twelve, verse two, just repeats the same thing and. The last one I got, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 27, says, You will not uh, abandon my soul to Hades, you know, Sheol. So, you know, back then they were even looking forward to, to the resurrection and the, the, the bringing out of Sheol, the land of the, the dead. So this is where I think things get, a little dicier as we go along as far as the interpretations because if we look at the old testament it's very blatant it, it very much says um that you know everybody goes to sheol that's that's where you go when you die it's very cut yeah. and dry the the difference the thing that i have kind of come to believe i think more than i'm sorry i'm trying to pull up on my uh my logos here i'm still i tell you what as much as i love this it's just got too much information and i keep getting 
yeah. sidetracked in seven different ways. But and we're most divided at honestly, and I think that's kind of what you was building to. I'll just speak on it while you're typing there and try to find it. But is uh, where the divide in opinions for the most part is some believe that that we are in rest until you know christ returns and then we're all to go to heaven final judgment and then some believe you know that you know we're you know it says to be absent from the body to be present with the lord well that you know to them that means that they are in heaven with god so i think that's kind of the the so theological great divide the way <laughs> well and this the is righteous. it is you're right and i think that that's and i was raised lutheran which it always it always specified you either went to heaven or hell that's the way, way yeah. i was used or i should I used it was the way i was raised but i think a big part of it is when you look at that um you look at when jesus died he said to that um thief on the cross next to him today you'll be with me in paradise Jesus died, right? Descended down into, you know, the the prayer would go. The prayer goes when you're in the Lutheran church. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again. But he, went he to didn't Sheol. descend into hell. He descended yeah. into Sheol. What was interpreted later as hell. He descended into Sheol. But I believe at that time he went down, and that's when he he declared victory over heaven. And when we talk about, did you say that the? The, oh, um, the, the believers, dead in Christ the dead in Christ first. shall rise first. I believe more that that's them being brought up to heaven. That that at that point Jesus declared victory. Jesus had won. At that point, Jesus dying for us on the cross completed that that ends right. At that point, there's no other there's no other battle to win. The the war's already won. The whole final judgment is coming. But it's coming for those watchers. It's coming for those those people that are still down in in you want to call it Shield, Gehenna. Yeah. You want to call it uh, you want to call it Tartarus. You, you Hades. You want to call it hell. But that final so judgment's coming when they're coming. Shield. Yeah, but when they're so, coming. So for, pretty much what you're saying is Jesus come down, preached, declared victory. And he took and, everybody and took with him. paradise. And so the only things left is Hades. And if you look at the New Testament, when they talk about Sheol, actually Sheol doesn't get talked about as much. It talk, it's talked about a lot more in the Old Testament. It slows right. down yeah, a bit right. in the New Testament. When it talks about it, it more talks about a third heaven and a couple other things. It's, it's kind of interesting, the terminology. Um, but there's actually a, a quote by... Uh, Another author I really like. I should see. I'm really behind on pulling this stuff up faster um, when I'm in the middle of talking. But this guy, his name is Matthew Y. Emerson, um, the bachelor's at Auburn, Ph.D. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, he's authored over 20 different publications. But this is a quote that I read from one of his articles that I thought was kind of interesting and. It says, now all those who die in Christ die knowing that death has already been defeated and Sheol has already been decimated. We'll still wait for the Messiah, but now we wait for his second advent, not his first. This may be why the New Testament uses terms like third heaven or sleep to refer to the resting place of the Lord's saints rather than Sheol. 
The intermediate state is no longer a place of darkness and gloom because the light of the world has entered it. And I think that's the way that I view that is, is that now Jesus has taken that now that he's taken those people that were in Sheol, those believers from Abraham's bosom. And now they're with him in heaven. And that's, go ahead. I guess it'd be more there with him in heaven, but maybe not in the presence of God yet. No, I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to unpack what you're saying i believe that no i believe they're there i believe they're in the presence of god right, at, that, the, at this point i think that that when it talks about heaven right it talks about and exactly in the presence of of that light you know there's no sun well i understand god yeah, is yeah. so bright that's the light that we're talking about right god is so bright he lights up everything and actually when we get over to this book again Okay. Uh, we'll we'll get a couple parts that I think kind of hedge on that a little bit and kind of add some, some, you know, I, we always like to add in and we talk about using those non-biblical texts, but I think using some real life experiences from people too, um, that help, you know, just solidify the fact there's, there is a definitely a positive afterlife and a negative afterlife when it comes to God. So I think we'll get into that here in a little bit, but. Uh, one thing I was going to, uh, it was actually next on my list, um, was, uh, being kind of funny, you know, it said, uh, I got my notes, it said, uh, is, is grandma in heaven now? Or how about that hateful old man that lived down the street? Is he in hell now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, second Corinthians five eighteen. we mentioned it once before, but you know, it says, you know, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, and then Romans, uh, eight thirty eight says not even death can separate us from the love of god and then the next i got it says uh psalms 139 verse 8 it says if i make my bed in sheol you are there so it refers to a bed so therefore rest abraham's bosom is described as a place of rest and peace. And, you know, the psalmist is saying, you know, if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. So, therefore, it still holds true to 2 Corinthians 5.18. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, because even Romans chapter 8, verse 38, I just said, not even death can separate us Mm -hmm. from the love of God. You know, so being in the presence of the Lord, you know, in my opinion, it, it doesn't prove that is in quote-unquote heaven. Mm-hmm. The psalmist talks about God being with him in Sheol, the land of the dead. You know, the psalm just mentioned, that I just mentioned, it refers to, you know, the bed, and I said that earlier. I'm rereading my notes again. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, talks about a cloud of witnesses. You know, I know I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, that's, you know, the the righteous dead that's passed on you know they're cheering you on and watching from above you know my you know since i've read unseen realm and been been digging and stuff my you know my paradigm has been shifting a little bit uh i believe that that is the divine counsel because you know job 38 verse 7 says this counsel was there at creation you know they are the you know quote unquote elder brothers uh 
Hebrew chapter 12, verse 23, calls them the firstborn. You know, here we see the final heaven, but this is at the end, you know, at the final trumpet, you know, the final heaven, you know, that comes down, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, the heaven that comes sits on the new earth. Exactly, yes. Uh, but one thing I thought was interesting, and I, I shared this with you when we was at the conference, uh, I never seen this before when we were studying i found it but john chapter 3 verse 13 jesus himself says no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended the son of man and at this point he was still alive you know so yeah at that point no one had ascended but at that point he hadn't descended either so it was Jesus speaking like prophetic, looking ahead, because you know these things haven't happened yet. But he he saw them, he knew they were coming. Uh, but later in that same book, uh, chapter thirteen, verse thirty six says, uh, he's telling uh, I can't remember if it was Peter or who it was, but he says, "You cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward, after the final trumpet in Revelation, uh, the dead in him shall rise first. And that made me think, too, Enoch and Elijah. They, quote, unquote, ascended. But Jesus said, no one has ascended into heaven. So it's like. Or did they just go straight to paradise? That's what I was getting at. I, yeah. That's what I immediately thought. I was they like, didn't well, they didn't have to live on they, earth they, anymore. They went to the good side of the land of right. the dead. But, you know, what I thought of. And of course, the the famous one we've been, you know, dancing all around. You know, First Peter three nineteen. You know, Jesus in Sheol slash Tartarus. You know, uh, we just let's just read that. We keep talking about. It. Let's just. Where is it? First Peter, three nineteen. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response of God or to God from a clean conscience. It is effective or it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven and he is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Right. So, I mean, and I, I, that's one thing I think's you know, frustrating to me is like when you hear people or especially like you know pastors i don't know if they just don't know about genesis 6 honestly if they just don't know or if they do and they're purposefully taking the supernatural out of it because it's it's weird yeah, and uncomfortable weird yeah because i mean it says plainly he you know went down and, and uh witnessed to the the ones in prison right you know, and then in that same and talking verse about before the flood, the, the, yeah, so it mentions all, the flood. That's all that. that. That's Genesis six fallen angels. Yep. That's the reason why the flood Killed came. The I mean, that the the correlations are 
are all pointing right at it, you know. So it's like, and then they talk about, you know, how I can't remember what's the one where it says he uh, he led a oh, there it is First Peter three nineteen and Ephesians four eight and Psalm sixty eight eighteen. I'll talk about how he led a host of captives free. So it, it, the way I read it was like the good ones are in paradise. It's described as, you know, you know, with the presence of the Lord. It's talked about, you know, just a place of rest and where all the righteous are. That doesn't sound like captives to me. So when he led a host of captives free, it, to me it can't be the righteous in paradise because how are you a prisoner or a captive in paradise? Well, I can see it. I can well, see it two ways. It says it's unescapable either way. Right. Well, I can. I can. But see why it would you want to escape ways. paradise? I can see it two ways. They, it's either Christ worship. You know, he went down there and preached. You know, look at me. This is what I've done. He could have given the ones on the side of torment a second chance. You know, who's never heard of them before the flood? Whatever. Right. Possibly. Or I've also heard it argued as they might be in paradise, but they're still separated from God. So therefore, that was the chains because they they were still chained because they were separated from God. So now they get to go to God. Yeah, and I've see, heard it. I've heard it both ways. Yeah, and I, I never made and the it correlation. It just kind of makes you scratch it. You know, well, I don't know that that episode that me and you did, right, on the wall. And then right. I got to digging into that. You know, and uh, it talks about, uh, and that was in uh, the Law is Dead Part Two. But the ones of the that are the prisoners, and that was set free, is the ones that was uh, prisoners to the Law of Moses. And My that, opinion. I, I've heard it that way too. Because Galatians which that's three. That's when we talked about it. Yeah, because yeah, Galatians three ten says, "Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law of Moses." So therefore, it it's been called right. a curse. Yeah. Galatians three twenty three. Well, it is a curse because you can't you can't do it. Yeah, but yeah, Galatians three twenty three. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law. And then it says, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So there. So that could have been Jesus Christ. So what I was saying right there, you know what I mean? The host of captives he led free were because was, he, was the not, living not that was trapped. captive and prisoners, as Galatians specifically says it, not to the law. But my side of it was excluding the, the dead. Well, I'm not talking. Just the paradise. Yeah, the, side. Just the no. I mean, not even that. Because I mean, and I, I'm not oh, swaying oh, nobody. Oh, I'm just making my point clear. So the law's I, no more. Not not shield at all. No, no. You're here, saying that now, because of Christ, they're not bound by the law, the chains of the law. That they don't. The law doesn't yeah. apply anymore. So therefore. They're not judged by the law. No, my my opinion was is is when we die, we go to Sheol, and there's divides, righteous and good, right. and then there's Tartarus underneath. 
and it's a place of rest and peace and stuff for, for the righteous. And the captives that he led free was the the ones that are now living us because we were once according to Galatians. We were once chained. We were to the cursed, law. we were once captive, and we were imprisoned. All the, to the, the law. All the things that it says that he freed from. Right. So now I'm not saying that, you know, Christ and God is is now, you know, present with them in paradise because even it said that God walked amongst Adam and Eve in the garden. Before so him. but I'm just saying well, I mean but yeah you know, so that that could fix the whole, you know, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Right. And because and the only reason I do that is just because by my interpretation of the scripture, because that that makes the revelation in trumpet work. Because the other ways don't work. Because if if we've already went to heaven, when he comes back and blows the final trumpet, it says, "The dead in him shall rise first. Well, if you, if he let a host of captives free already, there's nobody dead to be raised up because they're already gone. I think that's why it's really important, though, because like we all have different views on on these different ideas and and how we put them together. Um, you know, we all dig into this information and we take different tidbits from it, and we're we're working our best at uh, interpreting things in in our new uh, with our new glasses on our our, our spiritual um, supernatural worldview. 
Um, but that's that's a big part of what we've been focused on with this whole group. That's what we founded it on. And on top of that, um, you know, check out our Facebook group. You know, um, it's the Dig Bible Podcast on Facebook, and and we just love diving into this stuff. And we're gonna disagree, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. The whole point is not that we disagree. The whole point is that we're digging into the word. We're, we're sharpening each other. What do we say? Iron sharpens iron. We always say that. I mean, honestly. Till you hit a piece of lead. Till you, till you hit a piece of lead. That's an inside joke. But, <laughs> but iron sharpens iron. So the more and more that we look into this, the more and more we put our ideas out there, don't, don't think that you know you have an idea. Share it. You might, you might be opening somebody's eyes. You might be helping us along that path. And I think it's just so important that we keep, um, bouncing ideas off. Yes. So much. And it's okay. No, if we say something you don't agree with, you know, as long as you're not coming at us, you know, you false prophets, you know, just be like, you know, Hey, I like the show, but you know, on this point, I think it's this. And And that's fine. And that's fine. We'll talk back and forth about it. And we, you might have something we never thought about. And we will shake your hand digitally and <laughs> thank you for it. And first Peter three fifteen, right? Oh, we yeah. talk about this all the time. They say that be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have, but do it with respect. gentleness and respect. So when we do this, we can have differing point of views. That's okay. We can have that, but we have to say it in a way that that you know we're just trying to help each other out this isn't a, this isn't a hateful place this isn't an idea to shoot people's ideas down or a place to shoot that down or to pierce people to pierce pe- no this the whole point of this is to help build each other up to help us dig further into the word and because i don't agree with your idea doesn't mean you're wrong i might be wrong i don't know we won't know till we get there but that's the whole point of this so we want to make sure that you guys feel good and comfortable coming on the website coming on the uh, facebook page and, and really, and Facebook page, the same thing. It's the, the digbiblepodcast.com. It's amazing. I will give Justin tons of props on how he put that together. Honest to goodness, we're not as professional as that website makes us look. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> but it's just, it's a good, safe place to bounce ideas off other Christians that we can kind of help each other through this and help keep learning. So I think that's just an important part to kind of um, segue in as we, as we keep going. Oh, yeah. You said it beautifully. Couldn't agree more. Aw. Even if I did disagree, I'd do it. Did. Oh, I about said disrespectfully. <laughs> I mean, respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, powering on through, uh, let's take a look at, uh, we're going to go into Lazarus and the rich man. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you got your Bibles with you, uh, check out uh, Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19. This is a... Uh, the rich man and Lazarus parable from Jesus. He says, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dog came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham from far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger 
in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime received good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that they may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So, like, you know, there's, you know, a couple things that stand out. Like, to me, you get the whole concept of the uh, cosmology, like we've already talked about. You know, you have uh, the the good section, the bad section, the, the chasm in between. It says that no man may uh, enter or leave these places once they're in. Yeah, so, they're... Yeah, so to me, it's like... They can't cross over. Yeah, so that, that debunks the whole ghost theory. You know, once you're there, you're there, you ain't leaving. And he even requests, you know, one of them, he even requests Abraham, you know, to go and talk to his brothers. And he's like, you know, they ain't going to listen to the prophets. They ain't going to listen to the dead. And, mm-hmm. and matter of fact, we can't even go if we wanted to. You know, it's right. basically what he told him. So you get to see the, the cosmology and stuff of uh the different chambers and stuff like that i thought that was interesting no i think that's amazing it's it it's it's amazing every time that we look at this and it you know the bible gives us everything we need to know and then it gives us a a glimpse into everything else and that's why we always say that we have to keep digging into it to keep learning because there's so many other references throughout the bible where you can jump back and forth and and find these these other keys that help you keep going in that direction you know what i mean yeah and I was looking through to see. I got all kinds of little highlights and notes. I had another verse on this, too, that was really. Which with my notes, of course, you know, I mean, I told you kind of my view on it. So, I mean, but it said uh, ancient Israelites believed in three heavens or realms or dimensions. It says here the great or it says the uh, righteous man was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom while the other was in torment in Hades, which, you know, was, you know, Sheol. But Abraham's bosom, you know, could that be the, the second heaven, you know, Eden, you know, Sheol under the ground above Tartarus, the great divide being, you know, like yeah, the firmament, the first heaven, mm-hmm. you know, while the third heaven, you know, where God presides himself in the third heaven you know, this is where Jesus is preparing his place for us, you know, the new Jerusalem that comes down when the new heaven right. and new earth is created. You know, just some Yeah, I've heard proposals. Uh, <laughs> I've heard yeah, I've heard I can't remember where I heard it from, but they were talking like 
you know, picture floors in heaven. And like God was, you know, up there in the penthouse, his throne room. And then like the angels and whatever had their own floors that they were mostly on. But it it definitely makes you... So go back just a little bit. a little bit. On what you were saying with uh, with Lazarus and the rich man, right? Isaiah fourteen nine. This is one that I I thought kind of fit that place a little bit. But this is a, it was actually a taunt at the king of Babylon, right? And it says, "In the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. The spirits of the world leaders and the mighty kings, long dead, stand up to you, talking about going to hell." Um, I'm sorry, talking about going to hell when it was talking about the, the taunt for the king of Babylon, the talking about going to hell, that part wasn't the, in the verse. But it's, it was a, a taunt talking about when you do get there, when you get to that, you know, that bad side of Sheol, that those other, and I love that it points that out. And, you know, you think about so much in the Bible, we, we talk about how, you know, it was written back at a certain time, but it still speaks to us today. And it says right there, it says the spirits of world leaders and mighty kings long dead. So those corrupt people in high places, right? They're waiting in Sheol for all those other ones to come down. It's they're just it's it's it ultimately it's pretty prophetic, but it's really sad. Well, misery loves company, right? Misery loves company, but it's just really sad to think that even the, you know, our as much as I, you know, You'd like to think you could help everybody get to heaven. We all want everybody to go to heaven in the end. We do. I mean, I, I want my very, the people that hate me the very most, I still would love them to go to heaven. Because in the end, that's what it's all about. No one, no one should be in hell. No one should be. But in the end, it's sad that this is prophetic, telling us that the future, you know, that, that there are people that are not going to be helped, that are not going to get there. That are not, and, and, and there's nothing there. I mean, to, to some degree, there's nothing we can do about it, but our mission is to try and do the best we can to get as many people. We always talk about that too, is, is, you know, the whole point is to empty out hell and fill up heaven. I mean, that's the main focus of what we're doing here is to, to give people the view to, to let them understand the world is supernatural. We're seeing it all around us. I'm sorry. I'm getting off subject again, but the world is supernatural. It's all around us. We can see it. It's there. People understand there's supernatural things happening around us right now. And if they go to uh, certain churches or, or into certain groups where they're like, oh, no, that, that's, not, that's not real, right. that's not, mm-mm, then that's going to turn them away from God. The truth is the supernatural stuff is all around us. It's always there. It's all there. through the Bible. And there's, there's and, well, and we talk about. Only pick, most churches only pick a few things. But we talk about well, Daniel. And then that's, you know. Yeah, that's the thing with the church nowadays is uh, the Christian people have a supernatural worldview, but only when it comes to Christ and Christ only. You know, they believe in the Immaculate Conception and uh, the resurrection and, and all these miracles that Jesus done. But when you want to talk about demons, fallen angels, and the like, no, they don't. They don't believe in that. But no, there's a heaven. There's a hell. But going right with what you're saying going right with what you're saying that that I think is the biggest problem is it shows you that most of the Christian population is fine just going to church hearing what they hear and not reading in and digging into their Bible. Hearing what they want to hear. They Well, they hear what they want to hear, but they're not reading the Bible. All this stuff is plainly put there. And I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else. 
to be honest, not until we started doing this, did I start really getting serious about reading my Bible and getting, uh, getting slapped in the face and convicted all the time by reading that. I mean, all the time I'm reading things that, that just jump out the page at me and slap me in the face. And I'm sitting there going, Oh, you're right. Should be in the word all the time. And I wasn't, I mean, I'm literally talking six months ago. I wasn't. And now I'm, I'm reading that Bible. I try to read it every day. And if I don't, if I don't read it every day, it's six days a week. And, and I'm not saying I'm that that's better than anybody else does or whatever else. It's not. The thing is, is that it took me, I'm 42 years old. It took me 42 years to get to that point. along with some pretty rough life experiences that push you to that point to get you to that point. And it, it, you know, God is, we got to listen to God. God, ha, we have to, we have to let God talk to us. We have to listen to him. And like I said, I think for a long time I was trying to hear what I wanted to hear. And now I'm hearing God tell me, I'm taking the time to listen to what God actually is telling me. And it, it gives me a peace that I have not had before in my life ever. I, and I'm being that hundred percent serious about that. I have never had the peace that I have right now, even with all the things that have recently happened. I have not had the peace that I have right now. But anyway, let's back this up. I, I took us so far off track. Took us so far off track. But uh, we're going to go into, I think, First Enoch now. So, Justin. Yeah, First Enoch, it goes more into the uh, uh, the cosmology and stuff of the uh, the Bible and what the you know the Israelites believed. But First uh, Enoch chapter 22, it says... And thence I went to another place, and he showed me in the west another great and high mountain of hard rock. And there was in it four hollow places, deep and wide, and every smooth. How smooth are the hollow places, and deep and dark to look at. Then Raphael answered one of the holy angels who was with me, and said to me, These hollow places have been created for this very purpose that the spirits of the souls of the dead should assemble therein. Yeah, that all the souls of children of men should assemble here. And these places have been made to receive them till the day of their judgment, until their appointed period, till the period appointed, till the great judgment comes upon them. I saw the spirits of children of men who were dead, and their voice went forth to heaven and made suit, then I asked Raphael, the angel who was with me, and I said unto him, This spirit, whose is it whose voice goes forth and maketh suit? And he answered me, saying, This is the spirit which came forth from Abel, whom his brother Cain slew, and he makes his suit against him till his seed is destroyed from the face of the earth, and his seed is annihilated from amongst the seed of men. Then I asked regarding it, and regarding all the hollow places, why is one separated from the other? And he answered me and said unto me, These three have been made that the spirits of the dead might be separated, and such divisions has been made for the spirits of the righteous, in which there as the bright spring of water. And such has been made for sinners when they die and are buried in the earth and judgment has not been executed on them in their lifetime. Here their spirits shall set apart in the great pain 
until the great day of judgment and punishment and torment of those who curse forever and retribution for the spirits. There he shall bind them forever. And such a division has been made for the spirits of those who make their suit, who make disclosures concerning their destruction when they were slain in the days of sinners. Such has been made for the spirits of men who are not righteous but sinners, who were complete in transgression, and of the transgressors. They shall be companions, but their spirit but their spirits shall not be slain in the day of judgment, nor shall they be raised from thence. Then I blessed the Lord of glory and said, Blessed be my Lord, the Lord of righteousness, who ruleth forever. And that's uh, the end of chapter 22. So when you count them, there's four hollow places in the book of Enoch. You had one for the children of men, which Abel makes the suit for them. A second one was for the righteous. A third was for the sinners. And then the fourth was for the rebellious sons of God. Tartarus. Yeah, a.k.a. Genesis 6. Yeah pretty wild that is that is wild actually i showed you guys and we'll put it up here at that point on the facebook page um kind of a interpretation that that uh trying to remember what the name of that was now but interpretation uh, uh illustration i should say of uh of what that actually looked like and it was their Clarence Larkin biblical in illustrations and they have a he's a pretty interesting um, picture view of that not saying uh, either way take it for what it's worth but it's just another person's opinion on how that would look so we'll put that up when this is going out and that way you guys can kind of have a have an illustration I'm a visual person so that helps me along as well but what do you guys think about the 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 first hollow place that it mentions it says, you know, it, it was made for the children of men and that Abel makes suit for them. That one kind of made me think for a while and scratch my head. I'm just curious what you well, guys come up with. I'm wondering if that's talking. Oh, you go ahead. Sorry. What if that's talking about children who die but has not, they're not to the age of, What's it called? Accountability. Accountability. Or absolution is what the right. Baptists call it, the age of absolution. Which, what that age is, I have no idea. Yeah. But, you know, toward the, you know, they're still, they don't know what's truly right and wrong yet. They don't, they're still at a childish state. That's definitely something that comes to mind. That's, that's what I was, that's what was in my, my thinking when you said that. Makes sense. I mean, because it, it says the children of men so obviously there's a a separate place a nursery, a nursery. in in Sheol. and that that's a good point because that's the the you know we talk a lot about um we, we've kind of talked about some of that stuff indirectly but like baptism and things of that nature you know people think you know certain certain churches believe that you know because of our cert, our, our sinful nature that we have to be baptized as an infant to make sure that we get to heaven where I, I don't believe that. Cause before, um, if you look at David, David had a uh, infant that died 
um, and I can't, I don't have the, the, the verses wrapped my head, but uh, King David had an infant that died. With Sheba, the first. And, and he yeah. wept, and he wept and cried, but says, I will see you again when I, when, when I pass on. So he, he knew that that, that, that baby, that, that infant was going to be in heaven, even though that baby doesn't have the wherewithal to say, oh, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, I firmly believe, and we've talked a little bit about this before, is that when you're that young, you have not willfully sinned yet. Um, you haven't made that, like, we have willfully sinned. We have done things we know are wrong. At that age, when you're an infant, when you're a baby, when you're, I don't know exactly at what age you all of a sudden know that what you did is wrong until mommy and daddy tells you, but you don't know what's right and wrong at that point. You know what I mean? There's a point when all of a sudden you understand, but if you're an infant, you're a day old. <laughs> you're, right. You haven't, you are born with a sinful nature, but, but at that, at that point, you, you have not willfully sinned. So I believe fully that God has a, 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 a veil of protection over infants and, and the, 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 or for example, children who have been aborted or things of that nature. I fully believe that we will see all of them in heaven. I fully believe that. that oh, just think, so he's up there, Abel's trying to, what what it say, wiping the bloodline out? Well, no, it says he's making suit for these children, you know, until, you know, I guess Cain's bloodline is Okay, so Cain's bloodline, out. okay. I say, just think about all these people who have, if, you know, it was going after their own bloodlines, that'd be kind of rough. Well, what I was going to say was, when you're talking about the whole child baptism thing, have you seen some of the videos of that? Sprinkling? No. I mean, I've seen some violent kids. ones, man. I mean, like infants grabbing them by the arm and dunking them. I mean, like slamming. I've seen one, this priest, he was like body slamming this infant in this water like four times. And the parents are sitting there like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, he must have known four their times. parents. He must have known their parents and make sure the sins of the father are getting washed <laughs> off that thing. I was, say four, <laughs> I was about to say four times. Uh, I was, I there was must baptized. be some family issues going on there. Well, it's kind of like the whoopings, you know, the, whoopings. the birthday whoopings. You get an extra one for one to grow on. He got the father, son, Holy Spirit, and just in case I missed a spot. <laughs> but don't. I was only sprinkled, my friend. I was baptized. We were, we were raised Lutheran, so we baptized our infants. And you have, you know, you would have your sponsors. They would always have sponsors, and uh, it's my my uncle Warren and Aunt Karen were my sponsors, and they the like ones AA? that answer yeah, like AA. <laughs> so they come and they answer for you. I don't know how. I mean, I I'd have to look more into that. But baptism in the Lutheran, as far as from a Lutheran, is one of the one of the true sacraments. Like it's it's a crucial thing as an infant. Where you know you think about Baptists, where Baptists, it has to be your volitional. Um, it's after you. It's it's after you Christ. accept Christ, and that's the and that's the same thing with. Um, you know, we're non-denominational, and I've been in other non-denominational churches too, and it's usually more of that Baptist line of thinking where you have to make that choice, and it's a true submersion rather than a sprinkling or something of that nature. But you have to make that choice, and I, and in the end, I, I kind of understand that because when we get to that point where we get to, um, the the age where we understand right and wrong, we understand heaven and hell, we understand 
all those things, we have to make a conscious choice. Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow our, our earthly desires? And uh, so that makes sense. You know, your baptism is a, is a symbolic is a symbolic way of, of showing God that you are his is a way that committing yourself to the Lord. I mean, that's really what it is. It's yeah. committing yourself to the Lord. But well, like Derek Gilbert said in our episode, you know, he talked about, you know, that uh, John the Baptist, the actual location where he was doing that was in the land of Bashan, and it was an act of spiritual warfare. You know, that, you know, when you die, you go down to Sheol, which was the, the waters, the Abuso, symbolized chaos, and that you come back up. You're resurrected with a new, you know, heavenly body, and these fallen angels and watchers that you know wanted to live the eternal life have to sit back and watch, and resurrection is denied to them. Now I gotta find this because I think it. My gosh, now we get off base, and then I start remembering other things that I think are really important when we're talking about it. But there's a, a verse in Acts which I've been telling these guys that's what I've been hot into lately, and 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 just delving into it really deep but there's a verse in acts that talks about paul going into a city and it and um and trying to see if these people had the holy spirit and it said no you've only had john's baptism you've not been baptized with Mm. the lord jesus christ so we talk a lot about baptism and it's something i want to go into more in the future but with when it says they did not have the Holy Spirit because they had John's baptism of water, right? They weren't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. or And does that mean necessarily were they, you know, baptized in the water? Or is it talking about a baptism of the, by the Holy Spirit, like as in Pentecost, when the, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they had, the, you know, the, the flames on top of them? Is baptism of the Holy Spirit a, a spiritual thing as opposed to a, and I, I mean, it's spiritual either way, but as opposed to the symbolic, you know, John was, was giving them a symbolic rebirth, right? John the Baptist was, it was a symbolic rebirth. He's dunking them water. Like you have said, you're going to commit yourself to, to the Lord, you know, that, that, that Jesus is coming. You know, he was, he was, he was the one, you know, um, uh, paving the road for Jesus coming. That's what, that's what John was. Well, it was a cleansing. Cause even like a lot of people miss, and I love how Dr. Michael Heiser talked about it. it the, the sacrifices and stuff in the temple was not, it was for, it was basically like a temporary cleansing to, to make you holy before you went into the, the, the temple. Mm-hmm. You know, earth is God's temple, yes. it, and that was all old covenant stuff. You know, Jesus came, new covenant, so new uh, cleansing, I guess you could look at it that way. Well, <laughs> Jesus gave us the permanent cleansing. That yeah. was the thing. We don't need those sacrifices post Jesus, but that 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 blood of that flawless animal, whatever it was, whether it was a dove, whether it was a lamb, whatever it was, that was giving that was that was you were putting your sin, your your sin your sinful nature on that animal and and being temporarily made clean. It's almost like the version of Catholic confession in a way, if you think about it, you know, you're, you're getting everything off your chest and saying, I did all this. Now you're forgiven. Okay. Now this week I did all this. Now I got to go back and do it again. It's the same kind of thing. It makes you wonder if the Pharisees had some kind of like inner, uh, monopoly going on with the farmers. It may be, <laughs> but you know, they ate well. Yeah. 
which we got off track like we normally do. But but one back thing I up, thought back about, it yeah, back it. I'll do it this time. Let's back it up a Sorry. little bit. But one thing I, I thought about, of course, I, I did. I thought about what Ben was saying. But then I was like, well, what's the significance that Abel is making suit for them? You know, could it be that these were murdered children? Are these aborted children? I mean, or I, just murdered children I would, I would in general? Say, I would say it would be the, the murdered, aborted children on top of infants dying after birth. Or, or being or, able to make right. that decision. Or yeah. a one-and-a-half-year-old got in a car wreck and passed away. But that's one thing I was like, you know, because the Bible don't throw no junk at you. Right. You know, I mean, there's stuff's in there for a reason. So it's like, you know, that that was me. You know, my wife tells me I think too deep into it. That was Enoch. That wasn't the Bible that said that. Well, Jesus quoted, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good <laughs> enough for me. But it's like, you know, why, why was Abel making suits? Well, Abel was murdered. Maybe these, maybe these well, children the were first, murdered. He's the first murder, you know. He was the first person murdered, yeah. No, it, it's an interesting thought. I, I think, but I think that that's a good way of looking at it because I think, in some, in some way, because I've never gone. You know, we've all had bad things happen to us in our lives. We all have, but I am blessed to say that I have never had, I've never lost a child or something. Like that. I can't even imagine what mm-hmm. someone goes through. The 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 heartbreak. The the what would that. I can't even fathom that. I mean, that just puts you in a different realm. And to have the the comfort to know that that child's in heaven, that that child's waiting for you, I think has to be something really powerful for people who have gone through that. To know that they're actually the lucky ones because they have their they have their uh, they're with God already. We, you know, we're still we're still working our way through this life, but they're with God already, and that's that's got to be a powerful. And, and a blessing to some people who have had to go through that because I don't know how you would otherwise not knowing that they're well, with God. The hope, you yeah, know. you have that. Well, you don't just have the hope. You know they're well, with God. I'm just God. saying, I mean, can you imagine yeah. not being a believer? This is it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I just think that's that's profound, though. And I, I told a, a non-believer one time we were having a discussion and uh, I told him, I said, if, let's just say if, if I'm wrong, I'm taught to to love my neighbor as I love myself, to forgive, to to be charitable, you know, to to do all these, you know, things that make the world around me a better place. And if everybody around me that says they're a Christian does the same they're making the world around them a better place and it's a ripple effect and can you imagine how much better this world will be if everybody did and then in the end if I'm wrong I ain't lost nothing mm-hmm. but you that don't believe you've lost everything you know even if if you want to just look at it from a technical you know betting man's logic what do you got to lose? Everything. Yeah. Like Mama said, better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. I thought she said you're playing the foosball behind my back again. Bobby Boucher. Well, 
That's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig. <laughs>